This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. Hi, friend. Welcome to season three of Viral Jesus. I am so excited to jump into today's episode. You are going to notice, by the way, some new things this season. We're doing new things over here this season, which we're going to talk about soon. But first, I want you to know we are adding a new segment this season to every episode called Hashtag Blessed. And this is where I will bring up a topic happening online or dealing with social media or technology. And I want you to decide if it is a blessing or a curse. I'm also bringing in a partner for this segment, my husband, Seth, also known online as the original sad king. (laughs) He, friend, is my personality opposite, which is why I like tapping his perspective for stuff because What I say is white, Seth will say is black. When I say I'm excited about something, Seth will be like, hey, let's not, let's not count our chickens before they're hatched, you know, on this thing. Like, let's hold on. The glass is always half empty, but it's good. It's good because it helps me see the world in a different way. And I hope Seth, right? I help you see the world. Do I help you see the world in a different way? You do. Absolutely. Okay. So Seth, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read you a couple quotes from an article on a topic. And I want you to tell us your thoughts. Mm. Is this a hashtag blessing or curse of social media? Okay. Okay. But actually, Seth, I didn't tell them. Seth really just started using social media like like three weeks ago. So you're a good person to tap on these things because you're like, you have no experience really with it at all. Right? Yep. Yeah. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The article is titled, Is It Even Possible to Be an Authentic Person Online? by Lauren Euler. Mm. Here's a quote. She says, I think that on an individual level, anyone who acts as they feel without strategizing is being more authentic than someone who's not. Mm. This is the part I thought was interesting. She says, I think the less you know about the internet, the easier it is. The less you are aware everybody is watching you Mm. of the possible applications of what you're doing online, the more authentic you can be. So Sad King, this generation says that we crave authenticity. Are we able to be authentic online? Is it making us more authentic or less blessing or cursed? What do you say? Yeah. So I'm going to just talk from my personal experience with this, as you mentioned. Okay. Uh, So I... I have Twitter, but I I very, very rarely use it. I went to a little spurt during the beginning of COVID and now just started Instagram, I don't know, a few weeks ago or so. And that's where the name- Okay, wait. So what do you think? What's the difference? Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Sad King? I don't know. I personally prefer 
uh, Instagram. I like the visual. I like the videos. I like the aesthetics that people put in. I I tend to. Do you guys see why I say we're so different? Because I would say I prefer Twitter. I want words. I just I hate having to have my picture. No, I I love when people do the scenery with the words and it's just moving. and It just puts me in the right spirit. Um, But on this topic, I think I'm again from personal experience here. Just starting out on Instagram, really late to the game, right? Uh, it's the fourth quarter and I'm just entering this and, <laughs> and I am nervous. And so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to come across natural, but I'm freaking out. Um, you're very uh-huh. successful online. And so it took me like an hour when I first started to do a 10 second clip and you just kind of looked at me. It's true. He just kept asking me, how do I, how do I add text to it? How do I put a song? And I was just like, what if I put a typo? This is it. This is my first entrance in blah, blah, blah. all this stuff. But I think, I think the reason why I never used it before, right? Um, it has to do actually with aspects outside of social media. Um, hmm. As I tend to be a person of low self-confidence, which you hmm. would think you would care less, but actually I care more. Uh, so hmm. I'm always walking away from even conversations and I'll, and I'll show you how this tr- directly translates into the world of social media. So you and I will go out to eat with someone and I will walk away going, I blew it. And you know, this is true. Like, why did I say that? Or I was so awkward. And you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? You always run through the conversation that we just had the whole afterwards. And I'm like, did did, did they take that the wrong way? And I said, you're like, no, stop thinking about it. And you're the totally opposite. Right. And so, uh, so I bring that part of myself into Mm. the social media realm, which I think is really, really un healthy, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think it's, so that's a curse, right? Because if we don't have a good grip on who we are outside of social media, right? And I'm going to use you because I know you, I live with you. You are a grounded person in and outside of social media, right? And I have known you since the sixth grade, right? Uh, And so as long as I can remember, you seem to be yourself. And so you naturally bring that into social media, into the podcast, which makes you successful. And I would say anyone else, right? Um, if, if you think of all the other big players in social media and, and, and whoever that is for you, right? They're probably themselves on social media, or hopefully they are, and off social media. So blessing or curse? Curse, first of all, because... If you aren't grounded, you're going to come on seeking that type of affirmation just like you do off of the platform. And so it's just Mm. going to increase those insecurities, those internal conversations. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I shouldn't have posted that. Oh, I got a private message. I offended somebody. So there is a level of internal resilience that when you step into the game, you should have those conversations with yourself. I'm not going to do everything right. I'm going to offend some people. And Mm. that is part, again, entering the game a little bit late. Yeah, I'm not warmed up. I didn't start in the first quarter. I'm going to accidentally pass the ball, you know, if you use that um, little example there, to the wrong player at times. But the longer you're in the game, you're going to get more comfortable in your skin. Now, here's the blessing of it. I just just starting this whole thing of social media, I have learned that if I can bring who I truly am, right, this original sad king, also truly, (laughs) that's where it came from, right, right. and if I can embrace those aspects and say, well, what can I bring? I'm naturally at times, uh, I would say a sad person, and I'm learning to Mm. use that as a strength. So the conversation that you and I had as I close this was sadness, right, something I struggle with loses its power over your life when you acknowledge it. 
It can act mm. instead of constantly trying to shun it, it actually becomes louder. It becomes quieter when we actually embrace those painful spots. And so that's why I'm the original Sad King online. And so it's been a blessing because I've been able to make connections through private messages, people commenting, etc., who also uh, have those same struggles. So I can find a community as well. So you guys heard it here. It can be a blessing. We can be authentic online when we accept ourselves offline. That's what I heard you say. Absolutely. So has social media allowed us to be more authentic or less? Has it been a blessing or a curse? You decide. My mentor texted me last night and said something I want to say to you. He said, look a little higher. His text went on to read. I'm I'm just going to read it to you. He said this. He said, Heather, if we look down, we will become discouraged and depressed. If we look horizontally, we tend to become intimidated or frightened. But if we look a little higher we will see the source of our hope. We will lead at a time when leadership is needed most. This is literally the text he sent me. And I I know he's a walking fortune cookie, but let's be honest for a minute about what's discouraging. Technology is wonderful and has so many benefits. This show is Viral Jesus because technology is a tool I truly believe is in the hand of every single Christian, and we should use it wisely. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks they are religious without controlling their tongue, their religion is useless, and they deceive themselves. I think that includes our online tongues. We have the ability as Christians to really encourage one another with technology. And I hope we are all convicted that our religion without controlling our online tongues is useless. I love technology, but I think it is also hurting us in dozens of subconscious ways. For example, studies show that 68% of Americans use their phones for work, even during their personal downtime. 55% of us feel pressure to respond to work emails even while on vacation. Most of us aren't even taking our own vacations anymore because work always comes with us. And I can tell you, I am part of that 55%. We are constantly connected and yet our loneliness numbers have never been higher. And I want us to sit in that tension for a bit. Why are we so connected and yet so isolated? T.S. Eliot said, here's a quote from him. The remarkable thing about television is that it permits several million people to laugh at the same joke and still feel lonely. What would he say about social media? How are we all laughing at the same jokes and yet still feeling lonely? The team and I have decided to change up our podcast format this season. You'll be seeing some solo episodes like we're doing right now, but I also think the changes we're going to make are going to help us 
do better at doing exactly what my mentor said we need to do. Look a little higher. Are there problems with technology? Absolutely. But one of the many benefits is that it allows me to sit in my office on a college campus in Michigan and talk to you right now, wherever you are. You could be on a walk or driving to work, in the gym, or in your room, and yet here we are together. For season three of Viral Jesus, I want to do something different. The teacher in me wants to build off of all the awesome conversations we have been having and add another element, which is the pod class. Ed Gilbreth is the executive producer for this show, and I told him uh, I wanted to do something called short courses this season, and he said, no, Heather, pod class. I mean, shot and chaser, right? Pod class. That is so good. So good. So we're going to be doing pod classes throughout the year. We will run different pod classes where we will do deep dives, not just into social media and faith, but also into specific topics like self-esteem, race, how we can keep growing as people. Our first pod class will be a six-part series on healing. Six different conversations with six different content creators on areas of brokenness you may need healing in. I am sitting down with experts who have spent years studying and writing and practicing and creating online community and conversations on various areas of human or societal brokenness. I want to talk about healing for our first pod class because I need it. I spent years saying to people, I am not thriving, I'm surviving. Man, I don't want to survive anymore. (laughs) I'm tired of living this way. Researchers from marketing research company OnePoll surveyed 2,000 U.S. adults and discovered that around three out of five U.S. adults say they feel more tired now than they've ever been. Three out of five of us aren't thriving. We are surviving. And my hope is that in the next six weeks together, you and I can look a little higher. I want to be a whole person. And sadness, of course, doesn't stop me from being a whole person. But living a life just always depleted and exhausted with a lack of joy, that does affect me in my journey toward wholeness. I want to feel joy. I want to feel energized. I want to feel ready for whatever God is bringing our way next. I want to feel peace and hope and love. I want to feel alive. And my guess is that you do too. So let's heal together. I posted a reel to my Instagram the other day about a conversation I had with my therapist. Essentially, the conversation went like this, and I'm actually just going to act it out for you. So I sat down and I said, I did it again. I compared my life to someone else's, and when I fell short, I fell into all the jealous, bitter, resentful self-talk. I haven't changed at all. I'm still the same, Heather. Feel good. Look at someone else who is better. Feel terrible. Feel terrible that now I feel terrible. Wash, rinse, repeat. 
Or my therapist said back to me, that is who you were for a very long time. And so in times of stress, your brain reverts to old thought patterns. So just tell yourself, I know we thought like that for a very long time brain, but that thought doesn't serve me anymore. That is not who I am. Mm, So good. And then I've been thinking, but do I know who I am? Do you know who you are? How certain are you that the way you would describe yourself is the same way others would describe you? What does your relationship with yourself look like? Not the highlights that you're posting online. What does your truest relationship with yourself look like? Or maybe this is a better question. Can we have healthy relationships with others if we don't have healthy relationships with ourselves? Does how you see yourself matter? And will it spill over into how you see other people? I think it does. My mentor called it looking horizontally. And in communication, we call it social comparison. Social comparison is actually one of the four sources of the self-concept. We decide who we are, what we can be, how we can dream, not based on who we are, but based on how we think we are when compared to other people. In our pod class, we are going to sit down with Nona Jones, whose new book is called Killing Comparison. And it is hopefully going to help us heal from the need to compare ourselves. But I just want you to know it's normal. It is how we actually form our self-concept. I ran track for six years competitively and went to college actually on a track scholarship. There is one rule in track every sprinter knows. Never look at the lane next to you especially you. I'm I'm talking to you, content creator, pastor, writer, influencer. I don't care what numbers they have on their videos or how much their advance was for their book. You are running your own race. Do you hear me? You are running your own race. You are writing your own story. What God has for you is for you. And it's not dependent on what God does for somebody else. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And. When you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today.
looking at the lane next to you will absolutely hurt your own race. Track athletes know this. We know that we are supposed to run ahead with our eyes on the finish line. Hebrews 12, one through two says in the ESV, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated. He's not pacing. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I want that for you. Philippians 3, 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So if you, like me, feel like, man, I've done it again, and you're in a bad thought spiral right now, and you're feeling yourself be bitter or angry or judgmental or critical of others, which of course is always truly about something we feel like we are missing in ourselves. I invite you to remember what my therapist told me. This is our therapist now, okay? You are more than whatever thought you are having that makes you feel like you are not enough. And you can decide today to press on toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You can decide that. We can choose where we revel in our thoughts. I want to read you a quote from a U.S. news article that came out July of 2022. It says, for an American populace that has been hit with bad news after bad news, the inflation numbers reported this week were a particularly painful gut punch. Prices for goods are up 9.1% from a year ago, more even than the dire predictions of economists in the fastest pace since late 1981. Gas prices have dropped steadily but are still high. Between arguments with our friends, sometimes in person and a lot of times online, about abortion and the constant threat of mass shootings and the racial tension we are still experiencing. Oh, by the way, we are going to do an incredible conversation with Sheila Wise Rowe on healing from racial trauma in our pod class. I cannot wait for you to listen to that. Or if it's the January 6th hearings that we're all watching, there's just so much right now that just feels out of our control. When I first started teaching, I used to tell people that college campuses were this magic pixie dust fairyland where anyone could be anything. But this past year, when I sat with students, all I saw was anxiety, anxiety over what's next, anxiety over what is, anxiety over things none of us can control. Let me read you one more quote from that U.S. news article. It says, an APA survey earlier this year found that 80% of Americans find inflation and the war in Ukraine a significant source of stress. More than people have felt under stress over any single issue in the 15 years the survey has been conducted. 
we are exhausted and we are out of control. And let me tell you, at least for me, social media has made that feeling so much worse, which is why I felt the Holy Spirit really prompt me a few months ago to take some time off Twitter and to alleviate myself of the need to post online when I don't have anything to say. In communication, people who talk just to talk are annoying. (laughs) And I found myself, because of the threat of the algorithm, which by the way, I can't control, I found myself talking just to talk and posting content just to post content. And if you're a content creator, I want to alleviate you of that burden because friend, we need to look a little higher. Let's not look horizontally. Let's speak into issues we actually carry weight in and have deeply formed thoughts on. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So let's be thoughtful speakers. Let's not be reactive in our communication, but approach even our online messaging in humility. What a concept. I have been working on on saying, I don't know. I try to just say it now. If I don't know the answer, even to my therapist, when she asks me a question, I just say, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer for that. And I haven't thought long enough about it. I don't know is not a bad answer. I don't know allows us to continue in a posture of listening. I don't know gives us time to point towards someone who perhaps does have more experience in that area of conversation. So much of the strife we see online right now is because we all, myself included, want to project this image that we know, we have it all together, and we are someone important. And I don't know about you, but for me, trying to pretend I'm important robs me of the ability to just be myself. I just want to be myself. I want to be comfortable with who I am and who I am not. What if in conversations we cared more about the person than what they thought of us? What if we spent all the energy we typically spend trying to control someone else's perception of us just trying to control how that person sees themselves. I'll tell you a story. My brother called me once because he was going to go on a date. And he said, I'm just afraid she won't think I'm interesting. And I said to him, Joel, dating isn't about trying to convince people that you are interesting. Dating is about trying to convince someone that they are interesting. It's the same in conversation. We can't control how other people see us, but we can control how we make people feel when they walk away from a conversation with us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can make someone feel more alive by talking to you. You have that power. You can make someone feel more loved more cherished, more hopeful, more worthy. Why would we speak death into other people's lives 
when we as Christians know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. In our pod class, we are going to sit down with Sharon Hottie Miller and talk about her new book, The Cost of Control. And she will give you some strategies to heal from your need to control everything that is happening around us because the reality is, friend, we can't. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with Chanel Dokun. She is a certified life planner and relationship expert who has been trained in marriage and family therapy. And her new book, Life Starts Now, is for people like me who have struggled to feel like their life starts now, right? Like I always think my life starts later. I wrote about this and it's not your turn. I always had this metaphorical there that I felt like when, when I got to this point, when I reached this mountain, that's the signal that, okay, Heather, now your life gets to start. That was when my life would finally get to matter. And I can't tell you how damaging that type of thinking was for me. It prevented me from appreciating the life that I had. Did you know that your life doesn't start later? Listen to me right now. You don't have life. Life has you. Do you understand the difference? You have no control over when this all ends. We can't will ourselves to keep breathing or else we would never stop. So today, if you are listening to me right now, which you are, God bless you. Life has you. Life has gifted you with itself. So what are you going to do with it? Some of us need healing from toxic church cultures. I just had someone DM me the other day and tell me that when they told their pastor they were going to get a PhD, their pastor told them that they were selfish and trying to build a name for themselves by going into a doctoral program. And man, I used to think that one old lady commented on the length of a girl's skirt, and that's what a toxic church culture was. But if you aren't aware, people have been really struggling in broken church situations that have really hurt their image of a loving God. This summer, I watched um, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey on Netflix about the FLDS community under the leadership of Warren Jeffs. First, I do not recommend the documentary unless you are willing to really look at some of the atrocities that have taken place under the name of God, massive trigger warning on this docuseries. It was incredibly painful to watch. I mean, I cried during it. It really sat heavy on me for a few weeks after. But I do think it's important that we understand that people have been abused in the worst way. And it is important as Christians to acknowledge the damage that has been done and to say, that is not God. What happened to you is horrific and wrong, and I will do my best to hold the people in my own church community accountable. We are going to sit down with journalist Caitlin Beatty, the author of Celebrities for Jesus, How Personas, Platforms, and Prophets Are Hurting the Church, and look at the underbelly of the celebrity Christianity machine, and how we can acknowledge people's giftings without ignoring their failures. We will look at what toxic celebrity Christian culture does, and how we can avoid feeding the beast. Our healing is a journey, and it may require us to give up some people 
or some idols in order to fully find ourselves. I went to a lecture once by Tarana Burke, who is actually the person who originally coined the phrase, me too. And she said something, it was at Notre Dame campus. She said something I have never forgotten. She said, on your journey toward healing, everyone can't come. During our pod class these next six weeks, we will end with an episode where I sit down with my husband, Seth, to talk about our latest book releasing October 4 called I'll See You Tomorrow. I am so excited about this book. I cannot wait for you to read it. It is not a marriage book. I asked Seth to write it with me because everyone is giving really good advice about boundaries and about knowing when to leave. And I felt really called by God to write a book about knowing how to stay because my background is in communication. I have studied social science for the last decade. We are wired, friend, wired to be in relationship with other people. I am not saying there aren't toxic people and, and if there is somebody toxic, you need to leave, right? But not everyone is toxic. In fact, I am of the belief that most people are doing the best with the tools that they have. Most of us need better tools, not less relationships. And so I asked my husband, Seth, to write this book with me, basically because he's my personality opposite. Where I am social, Seth is skeptical. Where I am hopeful, Seth is cynical. I am one after school special away from making everyone hug it out after a crucial conversation. And my husband is like, my body, my choice, stranger danger, trust is earned. <laughs> I can't wait for you all to hear our conversation and hear me tell you why relationships are so important, but also Seth's honesty about why they are so difficult. Seth knows what it feels like to be truly, truly hurt by people you should be able to trust. You don't just get over that, right? Like that stays with you. A recent survey by one poll found that nearly half of all Americans think they are a better person than everyone they know, which is convenient, right? The good news is that of 2000 US residents, they found that 81% of adults say that they believe that humankind is inherently good. And yet when researchers asked respondents how they would compare themselves to others in their lives, 46% went a step further admitting that in their eyes, they are better than everyone else they know. And I, I really think this is part of the problem. We all think of ourselves as the hero and everyone else as the villain. We need so much relational healing right now. I invite you to remember as we navigate difficult relationships and tough conversations this year, what Paul says the calling of the Christian is in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. This is the CSB version, which I love. I actually memorized this verse while I was writing I'll See You Tomorrow with Seth because it's so important to me and is part of what I believe my mentor meant when he said we have to look a little higher. Paul writes, therefore I... The prisoner in the Lord urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. In verse two, what does it look like to walk worthy of the calling? It says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, 
just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. This is my prayer for us throughout the next six weeks on our pod class healing journey. I hope we will, as the Apostle Paul writes, make every effort to bear with one another and ourselves in love. We deserve not just to survive, but to thrive. If today you feel out of hope or out of gas, out of resources, out of time, it may be time to slow down. Acknowledge where you have been hurt so healing can begin. Listen, if hurt people hurt people, does that mean that healed people heal people? I want you to do what a friend once told me. Over the next six weeks together, I want you to look a little higher. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week, we start episode one of our pod class on healing, and we're going to sit down with Caitlin Beatty to talk about how we can heal from all that we've learned and experienced in toxic celebrity church culture. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. <laughs>